this is something that I think doesn't get enough attention. Uh, today is the busiest, uh, not only the busiest shopping day of the year, according to Moneris, but it is also the busiest um, travel day of the year. Pearson International Airport in Terminals 1 and 3, as I told you yesterday, will no longer be doing your final boarding calls. That's problematic for some people. Other people, what's problematic is they go to the gate with their child. They're going to get on a plane and somehow their child is on the no-fly list. It is a nightmare situation. There are people who have been dealing with this since they were kids themselves. They say it is incredibly um, humiliating. There are people in line looking at you like you're a criminal and looking at you like you would do them harm. They uh, think you're a potential threat. And what is the problem? You share your name with someone who is legitimately on the anti-fly list. There has to be a solution to this. And finally, parents with kids on the anti-fly list met with uh, Bill Blair yesterday. He is our public safety minister. We're joined now by Sara Luendi. She is the mom of Mohammed Al-Sabawi. He is eight years old and... He wasn't permitted to board a, fly, a plane on November 8th because he was flagged on the no-fly list. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Hi, thanks for having me. Talk about what this does to your 8-year-old because I think a lot of people have kids that are your son's age. And, you know, a family trip is pretty exciting, especially when you're going to get on a plane. You go to the airport and what exactly goes down? Does this happen at the front desk when you're checking in? Yeah, so we were all trying to check in. We had tried to check in the night before, but for some reason we weren't able to. We travel really often and have never had any problems. Um, We went to check in and they just kept holding us up. And basically, probably I would say an hour and a half later, it was a significant amount of time. um, They said to us that Mohammed can't be cleared and that he can't board the flight. And so I tried to ask questions. We didn't get many answers during that one and a half hour period of time when I'd asked another agent, you know, what's the issue? He said, they don't like your son's name. So I was really taken aback by that. Um, My husband had a work commitment. He needed to be in Singapore. So they told him he could fly out, but Mohammed was not allowed to board the plane. And he, again, I will remind you, is eight years old. Um, you know, it was devastating. He, my husband was torn. He was leaving. Mm-hmm. Uh, my kids were just bawling hysterically, my youngest two. I had two other kids. They were in shorts and T-shirts because we thought we were getting off into a hot country. I, I didn't know where I was supposed to go. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I was told to go to another ticketing counter. And then there, that's where I heard he is BHP, deemed high profile. Were you just floored? I, I felt like somebody slapped me in the face. Like, I'm Canadian-born. My son is Canadian-born. I'm in Canada. And I'm told, I'm hearing that my son is deemed high-profile. And I, you know, I try to reason with the lady. And I say, can you not just call someone and tell them there's an eight-year-old child in front of you? Right. I said, do you see him crying hysterically? He, you know, he was saying, what's wrong with my name? Why don't they like my name? And she just said, this is, this is beyond our control. He needs to be 
cleared at a higher security Which, level. You know, I often wonder how airline um, personnel feel about this because, you know, they're the go-between and their hands are tied because this is a, a legal situation where, you know, they're on this list. Were they like incredibly embarrassed and mortified themselves or was it kind of like stone-faced, sorry, this is the way it is, I got to do my job here? So, to be honest, I was quite disappointed with the clerks at Air Canada. I think that there was one that I dealt with who showed somewhat, some like a little bit of sympathy. The others, like I heard, this is a national security issue. And when you say, like, that sort of stigma that you feel, you're like, I'm a visible minority. I wear hijab. I'm standing at a counter and a woman's telling me this is a ma- an issue of national security. Like, what do you think other people around me are thinking? And I'm at a reticketing booth and I can't. I can't board a plane. So I, I was quite disappointed by, one, the lack of sympathy that mm-hmm. some of the agents had because we were there for such a long time period that people were, there was a turnover of staff and some people were moved around. Um, there was one lady I felt she was quite reasonable and she, she did say, I'm, I'm sorry, this is happening to you. Others just sit down, we'll deal with this. Um, I was asked, I mean, like, clearly you, they don't view your, your grade three... Uh, your son in grade three as a threat. That's the crazy thing. I mean, you know, you think that people would operate with more compassion because they clearly know there is a a very obvious mistake here. To be honest, you know, that wasn't really my concern. My concern is how is this happening? Right. You know, how in the first place is an an eight-year-old child on a list? Like, how do we have a list that just identifies people by a name? People share names. It's not a unique identifier. Right. Now, this is the the list that we're talking about is actually called the Secure Air Travel Act list. And mm-hmm. the, the problem is, is kids have been mistakenly flagged and other people, not just kids, because their names match or are similar to the names of genuine security threats. We need these lists for the genuine security thefts, uh, threats. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be safe. But it does seem like there should be a little bit of uh, common sense used when assessing people like your son. I mean, clearly he's eight years old there are thousands of names on this list how many other parents have you met yourself that have kids on this list so i'm on a list now that's called the no fly list kids it's um you know a group that's come together who they're an incredible group of people who've just been facing this for years and years and years and people are realizing now that when this encounter happens oh there's other people who are sharing a similar experience and they're from all different backgrounds um they're all Canadian from all different backgrounds. And it's really, you know, it's quite devastating. And the thing that's, that made this much worse is that that's not where the, you know, holdups and, you know, the discrimination ended. Every single stop we made when we ended up being able to board the next day, when we were in Hong Kong at our layover, when we entered Singapore, the customs agent told me, I can't clear your son, Mohammed. He needs to go for security checks, which means our government is sharing these names and this information with foreign governments. And, you know, I felt that my son was put at risk. And the information is not accurate because, you know, your son is not a problem. The problem is this list doesn't contain unique identifiers like birth dates or passport numbers. That would actually prevent any of the mistaken identity because your son has a passport. He has uh, a a unique number on his passport. This is an easy fix. It's the stroke of a few uh, computer keys 
Uh, You met with Bill Blair yesterday, you and a bunch of other parents. Mm -hmm. What was what concerns did you raise and how did he react to your concerns? Is he taking them seriously? So one of the things that I said to him is this happened on November 8th. Since then, you know, many of our decisions have been shaped by this issue. So my son, my my first son, Yusuf, plays for a basketball team. They were going to watch the the Detroit Pistons and the Raptors. We couldn't go as an entire family. My husband just had to exclude Muhammad and the younger girl and leave them with my mom. We didn't end up getting to go to the game, even though we purchased tickets because my son was sick. But the point was, we were going to have to leave him out of that because we were afraid to cross the border with him. And, you know, it was really devastating. He's a diehard Raptors fan. We couldn't take him. My mother's traveling to Mexico with her younger grandchildren in January. And I had said this to Minister Blair, and I said, I'm too afraid to book a ticket to take my younger two to be with their grandmother. Like they're all, my nieces and nephews are traveling from Canada, and I'm too afraid to book that ticket in January. And what was really refreshing was Minister Blair, you know, he was quite empathetic to the situation, didn't make excuses. He kind of you know, took ownership of the situation. And he said to me, if I have to walk you, like I'm offering to walk you to the gate to ensure that you get on your flight to Mexico if you want to go with your mom. Are you going to book the ticket? Take him up on it, Sarah. You know, it was so nice as I left and I just, I called my mom and I was like, I think I'm going to book to Mexico. Like the minister is saying he'll walk me to the gate. And it was just, it was really nice, but it's not a solution, obviously. Right, because he can't walk everybody to the gate, exactly. and it's not good enough. That's not but good it, enough, because it it's not realistic. Of, yeah, but it was, to me, it was a gesture of commitment. Yep. And that he's, you know, I found him very sincere, and I I know he spoke about accountability, and I'm hoping to wait and see, and I hope that his actions, you know, match the words and the promises that he gave us. Do you think that this this list was um, hastily put together and that's the problem? Because they're building a new centralized screening system and it will uh, include unique identifiers so that this can be avoided. But um, it'll also contain a system that uh, includes what's called a redress program for people of mistaken identity that are put on the uh, no-fly list. So if your son would, would get... Um, he would be assigned a number that you would give airlines to be avoid avoid being flagged. Now, the bill was passed June to allow this to happen. Did he mention mm-hmm. why it's taking so long to put together? I mean, it was passed in June. Yeah, so as we both, like as you and I know, he's just kind of inherited this problem. So I'm I'm hoping that our next meeting, and he committed to that, which was, you know, really refreshing, is that hopefully we'll have more answers at that time. So at this time, he couldn't really give answers around that very important question. Why is it being pushed? I want to leave you with just um, so that we can get a sense of how your son feels about this. Mm-hmm. How, how, what is, what's Muhammad's thoughts on being on the no-fly list in the situation? Like, how does he feel when he's told at the gate, sorry, we got a problem with your son, and then you, you are shipped to another uh, like area of the airport, and he's waiting, and they're saying, clearly, he's in grade three. He, he understands it's about him right now. Oh, yeah. He was 
I have a video. He was crying hysterically and even being separated from his dad. He didn't understand what was going on. And when we went back to the hotel that night, so I got a hotel in Toronto and I just explained to him and we had the uncertainty. We didn't know if we were going to be allowed to board the next day. And I explained to him what was going on and I showed him a trailer of a documentary that's coming out about no fly list. He said to me, mommy, don't they know that that's not discrimination? Sorry, don't they know that that's bullying? Mm -hmm. You can't treat someone differently because of their name. So, you know, he has the social acuity. He he understood, he picked up that, you know, this was wrong. And I tried to say to him, Muhammad, if somebody has a problem with your name, it's their problem, it's not yours. Because he kept saying to me, what's the problem with my name? But, and I said this to Minister Blair, the unfortunate reality is that it is my problem now. You know, I told him it's not your problem, but now it is my problem. Like, I have to deal with this. And who knows who else will have to deal with this problem. It could be any child. So it's unfortunate. All right. Uh, I I appreciate your time today, Sarah. I think it's been very uh, informative and enlightening to people listening to to find out what it's like to have a, you know, to, to find out that you've got a member of your family on the no-fly list. And they've been put there only because they share the name of someone that is a legitimate threat to security and safety. I really uh, hope that the government doesn't drag its feet on this and really comes through for you guys. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for joining us and telling your story. I really appreciate your time, Sarah.